The audio podcast edition of Farlands or Bust is made possible by support from fans on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash Mac to keep this series commercial free. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Kurt. Welcome back to Farlands or Bust. This is episode 676 of the series. And would you look at that? I know, we're looking at it. Two golden apples in our inventory. What order of madness has taken place here? Oh, man. If you missed it, last episode (laughs) was quite an episode, wasn't it? We found only our second golden apple in over seven years in 675 episodes. The first one we found on episode 311, which uh, was a a, a unique time to find it because episode 11 is when I started walking actually to the Far Lands. So whenever we hit whatever 11, um, we, uh, we try to celebrate it, but it's happened so far six times that we've passed 111, 211, 311, you know, running out of special things to do. And I was lamenting the fact that I didn't have anything special for episode 311. And then right away, we got our first golden apple. I was just talking about in episode 675 how I'm not going to get bored of this anytime soon because the, the game keeps surprising us and then sure enough, Surprise! Have have a, another of the rarest item in Minecraft Beta 173. This is an old version of the game. Apples do not fall from trees. Even if you could somehow hack an apple into the game, you can't craft. The crafting recipe for a golden apple doesn't exist if you had bars of gold. This is the only way to find an apple. And, and it happens to be a golden apple, is in spawner chests, and it it occurs 0.8%, 0.8% chance of of a golden apple to spawn in a uh, dungeon chest. And we found two! We found two! And we're surfing! Well, that was convenient. <laughs> Never had to touch the water. We found two. It's craziness. You know what else is craziness? <laughs> Check out that that number over on farlandsorbus.com for the fundraiser for direct relief. Remember last episode we were at like 2,700 something. Now, now, we are at 12,345 dollars and 67 cents. I'm sorry. That's actually an old number. <laughs> uh, that was one, two, three, four, five point six seven. Our friend Zcar donated a specific amount to get us to that. But actually, today we're at twelve thousand three hundred ninety dollars and sixty-seven cents. A very generous Wolfie. A very generous Farlander, anonymously donated ten thousand dollars after episode 675 for finding the golden apple this is this is truly truly worth its weight in gold 
So I do appreciate whoever you may be, anonymous donor, for that very generous donation to Direct Relief. And everybody, everybody for your very generous donations to Direct Relief. Farlandsabus.com is where you can find the fundraiser information and uh, donate button and widget, which will take you to Tiltify. Tiltify is the system we're using to donate all of those funds directly to Direct Relief. And we're keeping track of it through that, so I do appreciate it. Holy moly, a big, a big push, a big push towards that $50,000 goal. Of course, when we raise $50,000, not only is that amazing and a lot of money for a great cause, but it's also when we will press F3 after we reach that $50,000 goal to see how far we've walked in over seven years to the Far Lands. Much appreciated indeed. As we continue on, as we continue on here, indeed. Indeed! How many more times can I say indeed? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. Didn't, was it, somebody at some point made a, like a mashup video where they just spliced together all the times I said indeed over the course of a few episodes. That was interesting. It was interesting indeed. <laughs> um... So yeah, we are continuing on. I do appreciate all the the responses to that. Kind of uh, did a little bit of a not quite clickbait, but all caps exclamation points. People were guessing maybe it was another rounding error that we uh, we floated the point again. That's still a bit of ways away, although we're closer to it now than we have been. As we as we get further the block selection and simply the precision of our placement in the world gets less and less so. As you can see, the selection box we've we've discovered is two texture pixels off. The next time it happens, it'll be twice as far away, but it'll be twice as big of a jump. See, prior to this, it was one pixel off and then it jumped to two pixels off. The next time, it'll be four pixels off the jitteriness. And then after that, it'll be eight pixels off, which is half an entire block. And then that final time is a full block. Which I'm not sure if that is specifically at the Far Lands or it's a little bit into the Far Lands, I think. I'm not sure. Woof indeed. Science and math and numbers and things. Exciting. <laughs> so yeah, we are we are continuing west here. What did I want to talk about? There was something I wanted to talk about and I've I've forgotten in the excitement of the fundraiser. For direct relief? I had an anecdote. <laughs> I had an anecdote, Wolfie. I almost called Wolfie Juno. I had an anecdote, and I've... I've don't forgot it. Dang it! Ah, oh, nuts. Oh, it was a good anecdote, too. And I forgot it. I forgot it. Well, it's a good thing we have all these donations coming in because along with them some of you have been asking questions for me to talk about here in episodes just in for just just the situation where I run out of things to talk about or or my patented poor memory gets me again and it has and it has 
So this one from Square Goldfish. What will you do if you find a golden apple and a golden record in the same spawner? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Along with the golden apple, a golden record is a rare thing. Not as rare, but a rare thing. Although a cursed thing. The, the few times we have picked up and or touched golden records, bad things have happened. Bad things have happened indeed. I think the first golden record we found was during the second Flabathon? Third Flabathon? Second Flabathon? And that's when the game froze. I reloaded the game and then Wolfie had disappeared and I didn't have a backup. That's one of the sources of my obsessive backing up of the world now. Uh, we didn't have a backup. So we had to continue the rest of the Flabathon without Wolfie, presuming Wolfie may be gone forever. Everybody was sad. But then at the beginning of season four... <laughs> yeah, sure, season four, we we did a little bit of magic. And we invoked the Heidi Hole Paradox to bring him back. This is all stuff you can look up. <laughs> it, I, I realized I had to explain golden records, then I had to explain Wolfie disappearing, and now I'd have to explain the Heidi Hole Paradox. There's a lot, a lot has happened in 676 episodes, let me tell you that. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure if they would cancel each other out. The golden apple and a golden record, and it would just be kind of a... not, not cursed. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe to, 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 to cleanse the curse I have to eat the golden apple. But yeah, we found a few more, I don't know, a handful even of uh, golden records and we usually just leave them. We usually call the entire the entire dungeon cursed and, and take nothing. Take nothing of value from it. I think I think if that ever happens, which <laughs> it's it's taken 676 episodes just to find two golden apples. I think we'll have to wait another 300 or so, 400 episodes before we find the next golden apple. So the chances of that, plus the chances of finding that along with a golden record. Keep <laughs> Keep keep this one keep this quote in mind for uh, you know a few years from now when that might happen. <laughs> that that would be quite quite the uh, the abundance of happenstances to take place. But who knows? Anything is possible in the far lands of Bust World. <laughs> And awakeness indeed. Do I take a boat? I think so. Joel also asked a question I kind of just answered. Has the block offset changed significantly since the last one on episode 471? Okay, well thank you very much for reminding me what episode that was at. Uh, no. Uh, no, Joel, it has not because it doesn't happen gradually. I thought it happened gradually. Just like I also, when I first started to journey, I incorrectly thought that the far lands happened gradually, like as we went further and further, the world generation would get more and more fractured. The far lands are quite sudden. <laughs> Everything except for the block offset seems seems all normal and, and hunky dory. 
until 12,550,820 blocks when suddenly it's far lands, just a, a vertical wall of, of, of the lands of far. Same thing with the uh, block offset. They're both not related problems, but the block offset happens at specific borders. And it happens... It, it doubles every time. What is that? Incrementally? Uh, categorically? <laughs> What's that? There's a, there's a mathematical term for exponentially. I don't think exponentially. It just doubles every time. It might be exponentially. We first noticed a block offset during the first Flobathon way back in 2011. It was just very slight. It was very slight. We were we were under whoa we were under uh, three hundred thousand blocks away from spawn as that first F three number was two nine two two o two. This whole place. <laughs> Speaking of the terrain generation getting all slightly fractured. Oh, dang it! It's all ice. Can't just jump into ice. Let's go this way. What was I saying? Oh yeah, it was slightly off. And then it went pretty much unnoticed because it was such a slight offset uh, until that time it went from one block to two block. And I'd passed it up until later in the episode I noticed, hey, the block offset is doubled. It used to be one block, texture block off, now it's two. So we actually had to like, the next episode, turn around and do some science and try to find that, that border and that we did. So the next time, I think it's going to be uh, extremely obvious. <laughs> it's going to be extremely obvious because it might be unplayable at two, uh, four texture blocks off, texture pixels off. Uh, so that'll be super uh, noticeable. But yeah, it only it only happens like as you cross the threshold from one block to the next. But that'll that'll be interesting indeed. There is a fix. There is a fix that I can basically make a patch to the uh, actual code of Minecraft. It doesn't change anything else other than the positioning. It doesn't change the far lands or where the far lands spawn or anything like that. Uh, it just fixes the offset. So I'm still... It'll it'll be interesting to reach that point and, and maybe live with it for a little bit. But I think for the sake of this being a video series, and one that people like to watch, and one that I need to be able to physically play myself, we might have to enable that fix just just to make it possible to continue. That'll be really weird <laughs> when that happens. I tell you what, that'll be really weird if that's something we enact. But thank you very much, Joel, for your donation and question. Our friend Great Scott LP asked, "What's been your favorite single thing that's happened as a result of Flob so far, and what are you looking to get out of the next few years as you get closer to finishing?" Oh, Scott, so so naive. Few years getting closer to finishing. Ha, ha! I say we're only twenty-six percent of the way there, or thereabouts. It's going to be a bit more than a few years, but uh, single 
favorite thing that's happened? That's always a tough one to answer. Obviously, the uh, the expected answer, and the one I'm going to give, <laughs> is uh, the charity fundraiser. Over the course of seven years, I'm amazed that surrounding this, this thing that I'm doing, we've raised over $400,000 for charity. Now, $410,000, $412,000. 415, because I think it was 403,000 was the total for Child's Play charity, and now we're at 12,000 for direct release, so... $415,000 for a charitable causes over the course of seven years is, is, is beyond anything I thought that I would do in my life. Wealthy, how did you get hurt? You didn't even, you didn't even bark or do anything. Pork chops! Hey, you. Pork chops. There we go. Boop. Um, yeah, prior prior to starting this, I was never... I never really did much as far as charitable giving or, 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 or even, like, charitable volunteering. Not that I didn't support such causes, but it just wasn't something I was, like, raised to doing, and I was not really surrounded by other people who did such things. So it just never was a part of my life. So to be able to organize that, and it really is the fans, obviously, the Farlanders, who have who have given so much and reached those milestones. So I have you guys to thank for that. Um so yeah, that's just that's that's something I never expected. Obviously, there's there's ooh the Guinness World Record. It's an ex interesting experience, and, and you know a little feather in the cap. That's just kind of like, huh, okay. <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, that's also something I never expected. Um, you know, meeting all the people I've met and made friends with, and continue to make friends with and get closer with. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it's really tough to say, being part of, you know, I, this is the series I started my YouTube gaming channel with, so everything <laughs> I currently have has kind of spawned from this, even if, yes, I've, I've become a variety, uh, gamer, streamer, YouTuber, whatever. You know, everything from joining Mindcrack and being part of the marathons with them and, and the, the, the convention stuff, panels, meetups, parties with them. Um, and all the people I've met through that, you know, it's all thanks to quote-unquote this Farlands or Bust. But I think just related to Farlands or Bust, obviously the charity, obviously the charity stuff is, is, is a huge, huge deal. The, the, the hugest of deals. Whoa! Let's not walk uh, that specific direction. Easy now. Easy. I've been told that the golden apple heals all of your hearts. <laughs> um, so, in the case I accidentally fall into lava... Bucket of water, golden apple. <laughs> that's that's the... Uh, hopefully the, the thing I, I, can, I can burn into my muscle memory instead of panicking and freaking out. 
What are you looking forward to getting out of the next few years? Honestly, I'm a I'm a very I'm a I'm a I'm a person of habit and comfort and stability. <laughs> so to just continue with the same with the same uh, stuff, just to continue with the same thing we've been getting out of it and putting into it. Um, continuing the charity. You know, it, it would certainly be interesting to all of a sudden, oh, yeah, we met our goal, hooray! And then, like, the next goal, let's try to raise a hundred thousand and a million, you know, to do stuff like that would be, uh, would be crazy and, like, amazing, but it would also be kind of overwhelming and not at all my style. Uh, as you know, that's not really, that's not my jam. Uh, the, the big, flashy, big time, you know, <laughs> let's have celebrity guests and call-ins, you know. That's that's generally not... Uh, I almost felt like that that was a direction I had to take it. And perhaps that's where a lot of the stress <laughs> was coming in. And why we've kind of switched gears to the stress-free, chill out, we're just walking to the far lands, helping out charities. You know, maintaining a, a, a nice, calm, mature community here. <laughs> I'm, think, I'm trying to think of nice words to call my community. <laughs> um, and, and really... Stress-free, you know, we're just we're just living life. We're just living life and doing what we can and having fun. And I appreciate, of course, everybody else, you know, traveling along with us, with me, with us, and along together. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, thank you, uh, Scott. Woof. Pop. And I still haven't remembered what that anecdote topic I had in my mind was, so uh, we're just gonna go to sleep and continue answering questions in the morning. And forgetfulness. Ow! Twisted my ankleness. Speaking of twisted ankles, Wolfie. Oh, wolf. Deep voice. Boop. Dravir. Ooh, Dravir. Look at this cool place over here. Dravir asks, and are themselves running out of topics and questions. What exactly is the function? Of a rubber duck. The credit for this question, they're taking questions, goes to Arthur. Arthur giving questions to Javier. <laughs> this, this is a strange chain letter situation. What exactly is the function of a rubber duck? To resemble a waterfowl? and to float upon the water foully. <laughs> does that does that make sense? Is that the function that we can agree on? Hey, speaking of rubber, what? <laughs> I don't I don't think this was the topic I was thinking of, but I just had a question. I weirdly and maybe not so weird, but I, I live in a community that doesn't recycle soft plastics. That's to say plastic bags, uh, plastic film, um, 
you know, pl hard plastics, plastic bottles, trays, whatever, things like that they recycle, but they don't accept the plastic baggies and things. And there's always an, an increasingly news about how plastics are contaminating our oceans mostly, but also, you know, they never biodegrade. Uh, they just break up into little pieces and end up, you know, causing these these huge swarms of of trash clouds in the ocean, trash islands that just float around and end up being found in in the digestive systems of dolphins and fish and and uh, you know wildlife and things. It's just one of those things that you wonder why don't why don't we just stop making plastics <laughs> uh, obviously that's that's not entirely possible or 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 feasible but uh, disposable plastics maybe and certainly states like California have started trying to edge that way with their ban on plastic bags um or alternately where they charge They'll, you know, grocery stores will charge you if you choose plastic bags or don't bring your own bags to dissuade such things. Other cities I've lived in have been able to take recycled bags, uh, but I'm assuming, and it seems like a lot of smaller communities, their equipment will get jammed up, and that's why they can't take plastic bags and soft plastics. I mean, and even plastic bottles, you think... Uh, you know, why don't we switch a lot of these containers back to glass? I could be wrong, but it seems to me like glass is more universally acceptable to recycle. And even if it does end up in the trash or in the oceans, it will break apart. And instead of floating, it will sink and slowly wear away down to little particles that just end up turning back into sand, which is what glass is to begin with, mostly. Um, sure, it'll be more expensive, and that's probably the biggest thing and the biggest reason why bottling companies widely tend not to put things in glass. It's because of the expense. And then that expense goes on to the consumer, and the consumer doesn't want to pay that. They'd rather pay less for a cheap, flimsy plastic bottle. Less weight to ship. There's so many variables, but it's just one of those things. Whenever I encounter disposable plastics, I'm like, this could be some other material that I could just throw into the recycling without having to think about it twice, thinking like, is, is my recycling going to take this? So yeah, that that wasn't at all the topic I thought of talking about <laughs> but I just thought about it because somebody mentioned the rubber duck obviously I don't have all the answers these are just these are just thoughts that are popping into my head throughout the day that don't have any any sort of research put behind them or anything like that and have no suggestion for for action other than why is it this way it's more of a question a pondering than than an answer or an opinion being given. So yeah, that thank 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 you for listening. <laughs> this has been one of Kurt's random ponders. <laughs> oh boy, Xavier asks, 
How was your first experience driving a car? Did your parental units teach you how to drive on the back roads before driving in the city? Did you participate in getting your driver's license so you could drive anywhere you wanted? Or did you anticipate? Participate? Anticipate getting your driver's license. Um, my literal first time driving a car... I was with my family, I was probably 14, 15. And we had like, I think a Chevy Astro van. Very big boxy van from the 90s. And we were, I think we did like a hike or something at a local forest preserve or something. And I, I drove like down the path from like one parking lot to the next. And it lasted all of like eight minutes at most, five minutes. Just because my parents wanted me to get used to, like, what it felt like to drive and behind the wheel or whatever like that really quick. Um, that was the literal first experience. I don't remember too much about it. It was perhaps kind of high pressure because my sisters were also in the car, as was my mom and dad. So, uh, I don't remember too much about it. And then I would be practicing. We only ever had trucks and SUVs. My dad had a pickup truck and my mom had like a GMC Jimmy which is you know early SUV so it was always in trucks that I would practice so when I did go for my high school to get my driver's license and we were driving you know Cavaliers and Corollas it was a little bit of a shift of perspective, changing from like the upright seated position, being able to see up and over everybody. This was like kind of before everybody owned an SUV and big car. It was before the days of, of the uh, giant Acadias and Hummers and, uh, you know, the Suburbans. Oh, the Suburbans were around, obviously, but everybody didn't own them. So that was a bit of a shift, but I, I did very well. I did very well in driver's ed. So much so that I, I got, I think the deal was if you get like A's in both the written and the, the your, your driving part of driver's ed, then we I didn't have to actually take a test at the DMV. I took the a written test at the DMV, but I didn't have to take the driver's test at the DMV. So I've never taken a driver's test. Um, for my driver's license at, at the actual DMV. Knock on wood, I, I never will have to. <laughs> so, that's good. <laughs> but, yeah, just because I got the good grades. I got the good grades, my friends. Stay in school. Eat your vegetables. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't remember. I remember the other people I was driving with. In driver's ed, very bad. Right off the bat, one of them hit a curb and they had to like replace the wheel because she bent the rim. Um, and I was just in the back seat, like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I actually didn't. I lived in the suburbs, so it was many, many years after I even got my driver's license that I even drove in the city. By the city being Chicago. I'm always I'm a bit more comfortable now 
it's a lot more comfortable to drive in the cities, any city now that GPS and Google Maps directions are available. Prior to that, it was I did a lot of like printing out <laughs> of directions and writing them down and printing them out on Google Maps and stuff like before I would go on a vacation, I would find all the places I needed to go and then print out all the different maps of how to get from point A to point B because smartphones weren't a thing yet and I didn't have one for quite a while. So yeah, there's a lot more comfort now in in having a a, a robotic voice tell you which way to go and what to expect and, and being able to prior to like reaching a new destination and actually look it up on the Google Street View and be like, oh okay, this is where I can park and this is what the front end look the front end, the front looks like and uh it's it's this is on the corner of this street I need to turn on. But yeah no my my learning how to drive experience was 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 pretty 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 bland I feel. No no surprises there. And yeah, it was pretty exciting to get my license, but at that age, I didn't really have anywhere to go. <laughs> it did, you know, there really wasn't, I didn't want, there wasn't like, oh, let's, let's go on a ride or let's go here. Now I can go wherever I want. I didn't have my own car uh, for a while until I think my senior-ish year in, in high school. And even then I didn't drive it to school. It was only so I could get to wherever I worked at the time. Woof, Wolfie remembers. Wolfie wasn't there. Minecraft wasn't there. <laughs> Computers weren't there. No, yeah, they were. <laughs> the internet wasn't there, that's for sure. So yeah, thank you for these questions. I'll, I've got to carry around a notepad or something to write down these I, topic ideas. Oh boy. Bloop. Oh boy, indeed. So once again, I do appreciate everybody, everybody's generosity, no matter what you've donated to Direct Relief at farlandsubus.com. It goes towards not only a great cause, but towards reaching this $50,000 goal. For season seven here of Farlands or Busts. And uh, when you do donate, don't forget to include a question if you have one. It helps me out a lot. <laughs> it helps me out a lot. I need a lot of help. And you guys are there and I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Right, Wolfie? Right. Thank you so much for watching. My name is Kurt. I will see you next time. <sighs> That's not my jam.